1: Welcome to the TFL Classics Podcast, where we're talking about various types of eggs today. Runny Oh, gosh. No. No, Tommy. They don't want to hear about our eggs. I do have to talk about (laughs) something I learned, though. Yeah? I just went to a restaurant, and I got a poached egg. There you go. And they told me, they said, we can do it soft, medium, or hard poached. Now, as an egg enthusiast, I have never once heard of hard poached eggs, so I ordered it, and sure enough... They brought out a hard poached egg. Yeah. Not very runny. That is right up your alley, Brendan. You
2: know you know where I heard that first, actually, was Jerry Seinfeld in uh, Comedians in Cars and Coffee. I think he likes his medium poached. Medium poached. Yeah, which means they got a little bit of runniness and a little bit of solid, which now, just grosses me out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the kind of diners I'm going to, I'm like, can I have a poached egg? And they're like... Yep, you can have your egg. I'm like, I don't get a choice. And they're like, kid, this is a 60s-style diner. Yeah. You can <laughs> Who do you think we are? Scrape the grease off the floor with a fork. You get you get it one way. But I love my little 60s diner. Jerry is clearly uh, going to some bougie restaurants here. Yeah. Medium yeah. poached eggs. Well, he can afford some nice breakfasts, that's he can. for sure. He's got quite the car collection. He does, yeah, He's from what I've heard. Quite the Porsche collection. Yeah. But what are we really talking about today, Brendan?
2: So today we are talking about First cars, if you're a young, inspiring-to-be enthusiast of vehicles and you're out there hunting,
1: searching for your first ever car, what's the car that we would recommend you you go for? Or if you are an older enthusiast of vehicles, but um, maybe you have found yourself with some spare change under $10,000, maybe you want your first classic vehicle, and these are 10 great options that allow some fun-to-drive, reliable, fairly safe, Um, features um, with the manual, too. Well, and the
2: thing that I was thinking about, too, so if you're a kid out there car hunting, there's a chance that your parents may have to approve of whatever vehicle you buy. So I was thinking of cars that are less than 25 years old, so they have some modern or at least semi-modern safety features, you know, like anti-lock brakes and airbags and things like that, that you can tell your parents, like,
1: look, it's a safe car, yet it's also fun for you to own. Or I would pitch... If you're an older car enthusiast, convince your wife that these are a (laughs) car that your family could take (laughs) to the ice cream shop on the weekend. Would your wife be more comfortable with airbags? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We've
2: never had an airbag discussion. (laughs)
1: You've never had that discussion, No, we've huh?
2: never had the airbag discussion. I guess I guess we need to, to sit down and finally have our airbag so discussion. She, she
1: is very keen on the brand that's stapled to the front of the car. Although, I finally convinced her
2: to go away from that. We just bought her a Ford. A Ford? A Ford Edge. Yep. The
1: gal that would not be seen in anything without a Lexus or a Lincoln or a Cadillac badge is in a Ford.
2: Is in a Ford, yep. We sold her Acura MDX. And got her into a Ford Edge because she's, I mean, she's not really a car enthusiast. She just wanted all the bells and whistles. And I told her, honey, if you want all those bells and whistles in a newer vehicle, you got to go with the lesser brand, or at least not a bougie brand, so that way we can afford it.
1: And did she get all her bells and whistles? She got all the bells and whistles.
2: Yeah, what'd you get in this Edge? I mean, we've got adaptive cruise control, heated steering wheel, heated and cooled seats, the little kick thing to open the rear hatch, and <laughs> yep. yeah, all pretty much everything you could get on a modern car. Is she going to use those features? Probably some of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not all of them. <laughs> right. All right, well, let's go into the list. So first, 10K or less, 25 years or less. Manual transmission, from the drive, fairly reliable, fairly safe. We've got the Toyota Celica GTS. Yeah.
2: These are really cool cars. And I'm talking about the last gen because, again, we're we're talking about something that's going to be fairly reliable and fairly safe and have a lot, of, a lot of modern features. They made these from 2000 to 2005, which was the last generation of the
1: Celica. And it had two front airbags. Two. Yeah, That's pretty good. This is powered by the two double Z GE inline four, producing 180 horsepower, uh, but the base model only at 140.
2: Yeah, so the two ZZ is infamous. Um, this is a Toyota motor that Toyota fans. Should know about if you don't already, because you know what other car this was in? What other car? The Lotus Elise. Wow, really? Yes, that is is the motor that they used in the
1: Lotus Elise, a really cool enthusiast vehicle, and you can get it in a front-wheel drive Toyota. Now, this featured variable valve timing and lift control with intelligence. That's what the I stands for.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not just
1: standard (laughs) VVTL, VVTL. (laughs) With intelligence. Yep, The best kind of valve
2: lifting, in my opinion. Well, and mated to that, if you got the GTS version, which has that that cool motor, is a six-speed manual. So that is the only transmission option that was available for the GTS. Um, But the GT only had a five-speed manual or, you know, a four-speed auto.
1: I always thought these were pretty cool looking cars. Me too. You know, they're kind of pointy. They got a little bit of the Fast and Furious vibe going on, right? But it's a handsome design. It is. And they're super, super reliable as well. And they're pretty small. They're pretty lightweight. Front wheel drive, right, is yeah. not, not, not necessarily the performance choice that I would probably lead with, sure. but that's okay. Well, and again,
2: I was trying to focus more towards if this is your first vehicle, right? Your first vehicle. I don't want to necessarily recommend a rear-wheel drive based vehicle, especially because it's probably gonna be your only car, and if you live anywhere where the roads get a little crummy during some times of the year, you're gonna want something that's a little simpler to drive, like if you lose traction in a front-wheel drive car, you're just going forward. If you lose traction in a rear-wheel drive car, it's a little less
1: predictable. Easier to handle. Exactly. For the novice driver. Yes. Now, there were several TRD performance upgrades, such as lowering springs, dampers, anti-sway bars, air filters, and exhaust short lift kits, and the body kit. Are you ready for the body kit? Yes. So and this those, is
2: my favorite part. I love that body kit. those
1: of you watching on YouTube, oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Look at that thing.
1: It's wild, isn't it? <laughs>
2: It's so cool. It comes with this huge rear wing, of an updated front fascia, lower like side skirts that make it look a little bit lower. <laughs> it's just...
1: It is. It went full Fast and the Furious. The rear wing pushing down on the rear wheels on the front-wheel drive car. <laughs> An icon of the early 2000s tuning community right there.
2: But you're a 16-year-old driving this thing to high school. You're going to look so cool rolling down the road in that
1: thing. It's got nostrils of TRD1. Look at that. Yeah, isn't what that what's cool? What's going on there? What the heck is happening to that hood? Yeah, I don't know about that. That's that's different for sure. Yeah, plane wings <laughs> on the hood of the car. That is something else. So other... Vehicles kind of in the similar realm, right? You had the MR2. Yeah. Which in the last generation was also kind of not much appreciated nowadays, but pretty cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And MR stands for mid-engine rear-wheel drive. convertible. Yep. In this Ex- case, yeah. Exactly, yep. So the last generation of them. Um, and what's interesting is actually the Celica and the MR2 were both
1: discontinued the same year. Boy, that must have been a sad year for Toyota. Now, I'm looking at the sales numbers here. They sold 50,000 in the year two thousand pretty yeah. good. 3000 in 2005. Yeah, it's kind of a shame.
2: It just <laughs> I, I guess I can't blame Toyota for them canceling these off because the sales just fell off of a
1: cliff. So what are we thinking value wise
2: on one of these Celicas? You can definitely, I mean, it depends on the condition. It depends on the year and the miles. Um, but you can definitely find these easily in really nice shape for less than 10000 And I think... There are a few GTSs out there, maybe a little ragged
1: out, in the under $5,000 range even. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now, let us know what you think of the Celica GTS, because I think it's a great choice. A car, I think about almost not at all. But now <laughs> I do, because I would be interested in one of these, even as a, just a standard car enthusiast. I've got um, a couple of my friends in the autocross community that have the last generation of the MR2 yeah so everyone wants like the early ones right like the wedge cars sure or the later turbos and then the last gen kind of got this reputation as being a little bit of a hairdresser's car but let me tell you what like a late mr2 on sticky tires is such a fast autocross car oh i can
2: imagine crazy quick yeah i've never gotten an opportunity to drive one of those i've only ever driven the second gen
1: mr2s but did you like it uh, i love that did thing. you really those are so cool oh, that's interesting. Yeah. very interesting so before we move on to number nine i gotta ask brendan has a daily tradition the Gran Turismo in his underwear tradition. <laughs> he wakes up, rolls out onto the couch, and plays half an hour Gran Turismo. Yep. What did you race today?
2: Today I raced an engine swapped 1970 Dodge Challenger RT okay. that I put the Hellcat motor into. Nice. Yeah. And, and what
1: track? You remember the track?
2: Um, it was Trial Mountain. Yep. Oh, wow. I did a race on, on Trial Mountain.
1: Did it work? Yeah, Did you win? It,
2: well, I had to put sticky tires on that thing
1: cuz it just wanted to break traction <laughs> forever, but yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you race online or do you race against the computer? Oh god, no.
2: Anytime I race online, I just it's just humiliating. Really, I just do terribly. So really? I'm like, I'll just race the computers because I know I can beat them.
1: <laughs> I like um, in in those games just taking like a completely crap handling car like an early 70s Challenger. Yeah. And sticking the largest engine in it, and then picking like a really fast track where like I, I fall so behind on the, the turns, but then the straight comes and they just go <laughs> pass everybody. I always thought that was a lot of fun. That is a
2: lot of fun, and you know there is something I actually forgot on a different subject. Of this list, I, I just bought one. What I bought of the 10 cars? I bought one of these 10 cars yesterday at the auction. Um, I'm not going to reveal which car it is yet. You'll have to listen to the end to see exactly which one it is. And maybe you guys can guess. I'm going to try and hide my excitement for said vehicle. Um, but I put my money where my mouth is, and I went out and I bought one of these 10 cars
1: yesterday. Are you excited about it? I'm very excited about it. Nice, okay, so I'm gonna guess, as we go through the list, try and figure out which one of these he bought. Um, this is okay. a pretty big plot twist here. And then at the end, we will reveal which one, not only would we choose, but which one did we choose? Because yep. Brendan actually bought it. That's very exciting. Yeah. So number nine on the list, coming in with a car that we recently did a video on over at TiVo Classics, the Acura RSX.
2: Yeah, and not just any RSX. I think for under 10k, you can get the Type S, which is the best version of the RSX. Um, we sold one on our website, tflbids.com, and it sold for ten thousand nine hundred dollars. But we're talking a pretty like pristine example with super low miles that sold for ten thousand nine hundred. So if you get one that's got a little bit higher miles, maybe you know a rip in the seat or a few clunks and rattles going on with it. You could definitely get a Type S for under $10,000. And the regular standard RSXs can be pretty easily
1: had for under $10,000. So I will admit, I am not very familiar with the JDM community from like the late 90s, early 2000s. It's just a world I've never really gotten into. But after doing the video with this car, I really think that there's a lot of cool vehicles in this segment. And I'm kind of starting to explore them a little bit more. Front-wheel drive, right? Yep. But this uses a legendary Honda, I think, K-Series, right? Yeah, Is the engine in the RSX Type S. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it, it's a two liter four cylinder. Um, so the standard RSX put out about 160 horsepower, still pretty peppy. But if you got that Type S, it was either 200 or 210, depending on what year you got. Um, and it came with a six speed manual, and then upgraded brakes, suspension, and. What I really like is those 17-inch Anki wheels. Oh yeah, that they put on them. I love. It's just so cool. I
1: love the seats in this thing too. You had these like really tight buckets, which just felt so good to sit in. And um, the the manual transmission. Honda's always been known for their manual transmissions, but yeah. this has got to be one of the best ever. It was just so tight and precise. I thought it was rad. Um, and what did it drive like? Was it pretty fun to drive? It was it was super tight to drive. Honestly, it, it
2: felt. I mean, we're both Mini Cooper people, and I would say it. It was on par with Mini Cooper handling um, in an Acura, which is... It, I just don't know that you can get that anymore. Um, this basically replaced the Integra, um, known as the Honda Integra everywhere else besides the U.S., and it it was basically sold as the Honda Integra elsewhere in the U.S., but we only got it as the Acura RSX,
1: but um,
2: yeah, it's... These are just such cool cars.
1: They are cool. I think they're really neat now. Um, and yeah, pretty reliable, right? They go yep. for a lot of miles. It's hard to find one that's not been super messed with. It is. Which is why this one over at TVL Bids was really a, a cool find. But yeah, if you can find one fairly low miles with uh, you know a low owner car, definitely worth buying. Now, speaking of TFL Bids, if you're interested in selling your car... TableBiz.com is the quickest way to do so via an auction site because Alex and your very own Brendan are going through each and every submission personally and working with you to make sure that we can get the most for your car, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So every email that gets sent to us and every submission or every car that gets submitted, uh, I personally look at as well as Alex. And you know we'll help get your car sold faster than any other automotive auction site. I know some of the others, it could be... Several weeks to several months before your vehicle even gets listed, but not with us. Yeah, Brendan's
1: been turning around in some cases as little as like a couple of days, even yeah. down to twenty four hours. So if you want to get your car posted quickly, um check out TVLbids.com and we'll of course promote it on all of the usual YouTube channel sites. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. All right, moving on to the next car on the list. This is an interesting one, Brendan. Um, <laughs> uh, the 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 Pontiac Vibe, GT. Yep. So I, um, I can't express to you how little I know about the Pontiac Vibe GT. So the Pontiac
2: Vibe is an interesting vehicle. Um, it was a car that was it, it was built with Toyota. Toyota made the Matrix, mm-hmm. which underneath is essentially the same car, which is also basically the same thing as a Toyota Corolla. But you get a hatchback versus a sedan, so you get a little bit more practicality. And because this has the Pontiac badge on it, they tend to be less valuable than the Toyotas. So that's why I, I went with the to- the Pontiac version of it. And if you got the GT version, this actually had the exact same motor that's in that Toyota Celica GTS and the Lotus Elise.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. Yep. What I do know about this car, it was such a... Big and substantial and important vehicle for General Motors because they built it in collaboration, like you said, with Toyota. This was a big shift for General Motors to improve their quality. Built in the same factory, actually, in Numi, which is in Fremont, California. Yep. Isn't that where they build the Teslas now? It is, yeah. Isn't that the same spot?
2: Yeah, and it's because they canceled the Vibe. And when they canceled the Vibe, that was the last General Motors car
1: built in that factory. And so it sat
2: dormant until Tesla bought it.
1: I think this car was a little ahead of its time, right? So it came out in the early 2000s, and it's kind of like a lifted hatchback with all-wheel drive. Right. And nowadays, we would market that as an SUV SUV and sure. they would sell 900 million of them every single month. Right. Um, but this car was a little too advanced, right? That was still in an era when everyone was buying sedans, Camry, Accord, uh, Malibu, right? But they still sold a lot of these cars. I still see them around, and typically with super high mileage. This is actually a really good first car. I didn't know about the GT model, though.
2: Yeah. So I mean, the basic versions, you could get them with all-wheel drive. Or you could get them with just the standard 1.84 cylinder, which had 130 horsepower. Um, You could get them with a manual. But the GTs exclusively, just like the Celica, with the six-speed manual transmission. And did you know when it came out, it was the most fuel-efficient vehicle that GM had in their entire lineup? Except for the EV1 that used
1: no fuel. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. And it's got the total reliability. It's not the... Well, it's a pretty good-looking car, I guess. Yeah, it's not bad,
2: especially in GT form because it comes with a little bit of, little bit better aerodynamics. Um, I think the wheels are pretty interesting-looking and a little bit of a rear spoiler there too. Um, yeah, I just, I think they're cool cars. I think a lot of people don't realize when they're going down the road that um, you could have them in a quick hot hatch, which is kind of how I see them as—they're like a hot hatch. And believe it or not, these were just as fast as like a GTI back then
1: except way more reliable. 180 horsepower. Yeah. it's a lot of power. For sure. Through a small car. Another car that was really ahead of its time. Remember the Suzuki SX-4? Oh, yeah. The little tiny hatchback, but it had all-wheel drive, and it sat off the ground, and it had the manual transmission and an all-wheel drive lock button. That thing was super rad. The, the only thing is, I've,
2: I've been actually looking for one of those. I've been yeah, trying to get one. They're very hard to but, find. Well, th- I see them at least once a month. There's one at the auction but every single every single time i get in one it doesn't run right. Oh. I don't interesting. know if, if they're just not reliable or if they have poor ownership.
1: Well, i think they tended to fall into the hands of people that just didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, they just didn't care and they wanted a cheap car that would be disposable. And that's why you see a lot of issues. And Makes every sense. single one i've driven has run pretty well, but the interior and the suspension and all the wear items are so far beyond what they should be. Yep. Where it's like i'm not going to buy this thing and need to put 2 grand in the suspension components like the car is worth Four. Right. Um, but the vibe can be had for well under ten grand. It can be had for well under five or six grand. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Or the Toyota Matrix if you want. Yeah, uh, they're Toyota essentially
2: badge. the same vehicle. It's just the the Pontiacs tend to go for a little bit less. So that's why I put it on this list. But either one, you'd be well served. They're gonna be a great, great vehicle for a long time.
1: Well, you know what it's time for. Yeah? It's time for an ad. Oh boy. And we are working with our new software. Okay so I'm not so sure that it's gonna work. Well it seemed to work at least once. Last In the time. last okay, but, th- but this is a new week. Okay. Here at TFL, many things go wrong on an hourly basis. So.
2: Well, stick with us, everybody. We're going to be back to the list briefly, but.
1: When you listened to the ad, was there like a little like tune that went into it? No. Like a little like riff, like <laughs> da 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 da. Maybe we should come up with a tune. Okay. Yeah. Da 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 da. Da 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 da. Ad.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
2: Okay, are you back with us? Thanks for watching the ad. I hope hope that nobody left. Yeah, I hope so, too. I bet a lot of people left. I mean, if you uh, didn't leave, you're in for a treat because we're going to move on to number seven.
1: That's right. That's right. We can move on right to number seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number seven on the list is a Nissan, the only Nissan on our list, if I'm yeah. right.
2: Well, I tried to mix it up a little bit. I didn't want to fill it with a bunch of Toyotas. Um, in fact, I only put one official Toyota on this list. The rest were just rebadged as other brands. <laughs> You've got a lot of rebadged Toyotas <laughs> yeah. on this list. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, I wanted to diversify our list a little bit. So this one is a Nissan Sentra S-E-R Spec V. Uh, now, these were built on the fifth generation of the Sentra platform, and the Spec-V version was available from 2002
1: to 2006. Yeah. Um, this was from the era of Nissan when they would have a make and a model name, and then they would add a series of letters after it, and then a Spec, and then another letter. Yeah. It was definitely <laughs> a thing. I remember when I was a kid, like I would play, um, I think it was Gran Turismo 3. Okay. And they had all the Sylvias. Oh, yeah. And there were like 19 different specs. I know and they all
2: looked the it was same. Like
1: a spec and N spec and V spec and s Spec, and they're like different prices. And as a kid, like, I don't know what any of that means. Yeah. Right? This one's purple and this one's green. Like, why, why
2: is this one <laughs> twice as this expensive? This one's got like two more horsepower than the other one. But right?
1: um, I think that in some ways, especially for American consumers, that hurt them because a lot of people saw the Sentra and was like, oh, it's just an economy car. But then the SER was special, and then was the spec V even more special above an SER? Yes, it wow. was.
2: So the Spec V only came with a six-speed manual That's whereas it. the ser you could have in an automatic or a five-speed manual mm. so this one with that additional gear helped it
1: launch a little bit better and you know move a little bit faster down the road i actually think that these cars are pretty darn handsome there it is look at that bright yellow in this case um they've aged really well i think so too i remember seeing these all the time like 10 12 years ago not necessarily the SER, but like the standard etc. and then overnight gosh. Yeah, they're d- just like disappear. no longer.
2: You no longer see them anymore. How does that
1: happen? I don't know. I, there's like a lot of cars that that happened with. Yeah, so, like Ford Explorers. I used to see first and second gens all the time, not and new now gone. It's weird. Know, crazy. Yeah. But tell me about the uh, the, the spec V. What are we looking so, at?
2: So this has a 2.5 liter four cylinder, putting out 175 horsepower through that six speed manual, and, and not only that, but they gave it a little bit more aggressive suspension. They gave it a. Front strut tower brace, some firmer springs, revised shock dampening, a whole bunch of different things that added a little bit of zippiness to the vehicle. And I think really the ones to get are like the uh, the 2002 and 2003s, because they have, as we're, we've got image behind us if you're uh, on YouTube, they have a little bit more aggressive styling on that front end, mm. whereas the the 04s, they kind of went with kind of like a basic look on the front end that I, I don't think looks quite as good, but...
1: They're essentially the same vehicle. I loved the SER badging on the side of this. That yeah. was really cool. Really like very Japanese is cool. Four piston Brembo brake option starting in '04. Pretty serious stopping power. And um, yeah, I I'm totally on board with these. Small yeah. car. It's gonna be pretty reliable because it's got that Nissan um, baked in DNA. But are they just I don't know. Well, this is another car I think that was bought by people that w- were not maybe kind to their vehicles.
2: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of them out there are going to be tuned to the limits of their capabilities and um, have been thrashed and beat on pretty hard. So if you can find a good one out there,
1: I would jump on it for sure because there's just not many of them left. So here's another question. I like this topic idea. Maybe we'll do a whole other episode. What are some other cars that seemingly disappeared from the road? Oh, gosh. You know, like they used to be everywhere, then they're nowhere. I feel like I used to see a fair number of Jeep Patriots. And I haven't seen a Jeep Patriot in a little while. Really? Getting a little nervous. And they're not that old. Like, they discontinued them just a few years ago. I feel like I've seen some Patriots What about Neons? When's the last time you saw a Dodge Neon?
2: I actually saw one this morning. Did you? It was was rough. It was really rough. The first gen Neons, though, I don't see those anymore at all. At all. Period.
1: Or the SRT models.
2: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard. To, to very from, hard. Or Dodge Calibers. Calibers. Never see those anymore. <laughs> Never
1: seen a Caliber or mm. even a PT Cruiser. Yeah? Man, all of the cars we've listed so far have been Chrysler, Dodge products. Gee, I wonder why, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that Dodge Chrysler had a reliability issue in the early 2000s, but you can read between the lines. But um, <laughs> all of like those, there's, a, there's like a whole line of Fords that I forgot existed. Yeah. You know what I saw the other day? A Ford 500. Really? Do you remember the Ford 500? Wasn't that they
2: were they took the Taurus name and then just turned it into the 500 briefly, and then yes. didn't they go back to Taurus? But it was
1: a different car than the Taurus. Was it? Okay. It was a different car, yeah. And then there was the the tall one. Oh yeah, the wasn't that the Ford
2: Freestyle? The Freestyle.
1: Yeah, where it was right. like a
2: hatchy SUV. Wasn't there like type
1: a weird thing? I thought there was like a lifted Taurus too.
2: Uh, Maybe. Uh, all I know is those Ford Freestyles, uh, that Ford 500 and Mercury Montego, I think, was the same vehicle. If you got the all-wheel drive version, they had a
1: CVT, a oh, very no.
2: early CVT. Okay. So I would uh, not walk away from those. I would run. You away would run from, from those? Yes.
1: Do you ever see them at the auction?
2: Yes, and they're all like. Terrible cars that don't sell. They don't even even the dealers don't want these cars. They sit at the auction for months before anybody actually is
1: like, "All right, fine. I guess I'll buy it." <laughs> a thousand bucks. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Um, that's very interesting. I didn't know that they had a CVT. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the the freestyle that was it, and the five hundred. And I feel like there's one more I'm missing. Yeah, like I feel like I used to see a lot of um, early. Um, oh my gosh, my brain focuses. Oh, yeah. But I don't see those. We're going to talk about it later on the list, but I don't yeah. see those focuses very often anymore. Yeah,
2: either. although I will say I think though that generation focus that you're talking about, like the early 2000s, is better than the ones that came afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, that power shift transmission yeah. really turned out to be a disaster. Anyway, so moving on to number six
2: on the list is a one-year-only vehicle called the Mazda Protégé, but not just any Protégé. I'm going with the Mazda Speed Protégé.
1: Very rare car. Yeah. Based on the Familia platform, um, starting in 01, was called the Protégé MP3 with sport-tuned suspension, 17-inch racing heart wheels, a 10-horsepower game to 140, and racing beat cat-back exhaust with only 1,500 of those made.
2: Yeah, of the MP3. And uh, I think a lot of people were just kind of like, meh when the mp3 came out because it was, a terrible it was kinda, name. yeah it's a terrible it's like it's it's the way that people listened to music <laughs> back then and they're like we're going to turn this into a trim a performance trim package for a car right <laughs> it's just kind of a kind of a weird decision so they quickly followed that up in 2003 with the Mazda Speed Protege and did you know Tommy this was the first ever Mazda Speed vehicle. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. There weren't many of the Mazda Speed vehicles, but this was the first. And I, I secretly have kind of always wanted to own like a collection of Mazda Speed vehicles. They
1: only ever made, I think, four Mazda Speed vehicles. So I they had to own one. the three, yep. the six, the other three, the later three, right? the Protégé, and the Miata. That's it. Wow. Those are
2: the only ever Mazda Speed vehicles. That's
1: interesting. I I have never in my entire life seen a Mazda Speed Protege.
2: Yeah, it's. I used to. This is another vehicle, the Mazda Protege's, I used to see all the time. Um,. I, I don't know that I've seen a Mazda Speed Protégé on the road either. They're, it's going to be probably one of the harder ones to find on our list considering they only made it for one year in 2003. Um, good-looking little car, though. Yeah,
1: it's a good-looking vehicle. Now, could you get the Protégé Speed version in a hatchback or was it sedan only it
2: was sedan only you could oh, get the regular okay. protege and
1: hatchback. right i've seen a few of those yeah. yeah yeah,
2: and those are cool um but the mazda speed was exclusively just a sedan and it, they all came with this cool looking body kit including that rear spoiler on the back and they only made 4500 of them for the entire world
1: i love the rear spoiler once again on the front wheel drive car <laughs> that was the thing in the early 2000s that's iconic Yeah, classic. (laughs) Absolutely. I think this is a great choice. 170 horsepower was a ton in the early 2000s.
2: Yeah. I mean, this outperformed, I think, the Civic Si back then. Right. Um, With a turbo. It
1: also would work at elevation. Exactly,
2: yeah. yeah. So they basically took that same 130-horsepower, 2-liter, 4-cylinder that they were putting in the protege
1: and slapped a turbo on it. Um, Seven-speaker audio system with a subwoofer. Yeah, so you could bang, bang those early two thousands musics, you yep, know, absolutely.
2: And it had the uh, a factory limited slip differential too. So if
1: you want to do some drag racing while well, listening is the to one. Kesha, that's the go. one right there. Uh, I love these Mazda Speed vehicles too, especially the early ones like this, and even any Mazda Speed vehicle is Just so outlandish. You know, it's like they saw what the competition was doing and they said, let's just add 40 more horsepower and then not make it go around a turn. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's like it can can torque steer into the tree. That's fine. We're just going to make this thing absolutely crazy. Yeah. Which is so the new I just drove the new um, Mazda 3 Turbo. Okay. So it's not called the Speed anymore. It's just a 3 Turbo. It's got all wheel drive and it's way faster than the older 3. Okay. But it's so much more um, tame. You know? Really? Like, it's just comfortable and quiet and refined, and it goes around a turn, and it's all-wheel drive. But, like, you get into, like, an older Mazda Speed 3, and you're just, like, holding on, and it's like, blah, 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 you know? And it's just, it's wild and crazy. Yeah. The the new turbo Mazda is such a good car. Love it. But it's just not crazy enough. We need that speed name to come back.
2: I agree. I I really miss that Mazda Speed name, and I really wish that Mazda would bring it back, because... These are just so cool to have. So you can get a different option from the Toyotas and the Hondas and, you know. Volkswagen. Yeah, and the Volkswagens. A lot of people out there love Mazdas because they really are a company that was built or, primarily by enthusiasts, right? You
1: know what was another car I really love. We may have talked about it in a previous podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again. Um, so Chevrolet had a couple of small hatchbacks, like, five, ten years ago. There was a Spark Right, which was a Daewoo, essentially. Yeah. And then there was a Sonic. Um, The Sonic... be had in a turbo and it was never like highly publicized it wasn't like um sonic double ss with the you know it wasn't like its own trim name it may have been called like sonic rs i don't remember i think it was the rs turbo but the rs turbo sonic with the manual transmission and chevrolet offered a performance exhaust thing was a ripper it was so fun right and nobody considered it because it was like the budget chevrolet right everyone wanted the Golf gti and whatever but the sonic turbo ton of fun with the manual. I think that's generally what happens
2: when these manufacturers that aren't normally known for making a performance vehicle decide, let's dip our toes and make something fun for the the enthusiasts out there. And then the enthusiasts just go, no thanks. Yeah. And then it just dies. And then us enthusiasts are just left like,
1: oh, well, why'd you kill that thing off? Well, because no one bought it. You know what I just (laughs) learned? Speaking of GM from that era, um, I was just reading an article. I think it was on The Drive. and, And some podcasts interviewed... Um, Lutz, right? Yeah. And he had some interesting things to say. So did you know the C7 Corvette, so the last generation Corvette, which everyone loved, was developed for $270 million, which sounds like a crazy amount of money. But for a car, that's really, really, really cheap. Sure. Because that car was in development during the 08-09 financial crisis. And they they had planned to do a mid-engined Cadillac. To complement the Corvette. And that was canceled. It was shelved. Okay. Um, so they had to redesign the C6 Corvette on a budget. So they put $270 million into it. And they did a great job. Meanwhile, the Chevy Cruze also came out that same time. $900 million. Holy cow. To develop the Chevy Cruze. And those things are...
2: I've seen some problems with those. Have you? Have you yeah. driven?
1: This was a really cool car that absolutely no one bought. But they did a Cruze diesel. I haven't driven one of those. Those I are haven't really to. good. They're did they really offer good. that with a manual? I think a they did. I want to say they did. That's don't call pretty me on interesting. That. But I remember um, nobody bought it. Chevrolet did this weird thing where they offered all these cars in a diesel like five years ago. There was like the Equinox diesel. The Didn't they do the Colorado diesel. in diesel as yeah, well? Yeah, they did. Those sold pretty well. Okay. But, like, who's buying? Who's like, I don't want a Toyota RAV4. Instead, I want the same size car but with a diesel engine for the Equinox <laughs> diesel. Mazda yeah. did that too. The really? CX-5. Your wife's very own CX-5 you could get with a diesel engine. Interesting. Skyactiv-D. No one buys. Nice. So number five on the list. Uh, this is a car... Um, you know, I've never liked these, but I will let you speak to it. Okay. Unless you've just bought this car, in which case I do like these a lot. <laughs> but um, I just have never really understood these, although the late ones do look pretty cool. We're talking about the Hyundai Tiburon.
2: Yeah, and so... Again, on this list, I am focusing more towards, like, special vehicles. If you're a young enthusiast, you should get something that's truly unique that not everybody has. So, of the Hyundai Tiburons, the one to get is the SE. So, the, uh, the SE was kind of made on the later versions of them, and it only came, again, with a six-speed manual transmission, and it had a V6, a 2.7-liter V6, pumping out 172 horsepower to the front wheels. Um, I mean, these were pretty quick machines. They did 0 to 60 in about 7 seconds. And did you know
1: I owned one of these? I did not know it was that quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I, I knew a lot about the Genesis Coupe because that was a big deal, right? Rear-wheel drive right. And then, of course, um, now all the new N models, like the Elantra N and the... Veloster N and the Kona N, but the, the Tiburon didn't get a lot of love from the motoring press because it was kind of a rebadged, restyled economy car. Yeah. Right. That's true. But 200 something horsepower or 172 uh. is pretty good.
2: Yeah, not too bad. And I mean, again, going to the front wheels, so it's a fairly easy car to handle if you're a novice driver. Looks these, good. Yeah, and these competed at the time with like the Mitsubishi Eclipse, but I think these looked way better than those uh, like. Early two thousands eclipses.
1: Do you know what Tiburon means? Isn't it like a shark? Very good. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> In Spanish it means shark. Yeah. Oh, interesting. A great name. Now you did write down a little bit of maintenance trivia which you need to know on these cars. Yeah.
2: So these are interference engines, which means that these have a timing belt. So now when you're looking at these cars, some of them have timing belts, some of them have timing chains. So if you're, you know, buying your first car, it's important to know when the timing belt was last done, if it is an interference engine, because if your timing belt goes, and you haven't, you know, you haven't replaced it, and it goes while you're driving, your engine is pretty much done. Generally. Bang, clatter, clatter. Yeah, yeah. So it's not good. So it's very important to keep up on the maintenance with those interference engines, and that's just something to ask when you're going out there and buying these cars.
1: Um, now, um, so the the Tiburon, yes, um, was replaced by the Genesis Coupe. Sure. And um, the Genesis Coupe uh, was faced out, right? And now there's a whole line of high-performance Hyundais, which are really good. Yeah. But part of the reason they're so good is because Hyundai hired a guy named Albert Biermann okay. um, to develop the performance cars. And Albert was the head of the M division at BMW. So they went right to the top of BMW. They poached this guy and said, you're going to build a performance cars." But this was after they built the, Tibura, or the uh, Genesis Coupe. Right. And apparently Albert Biermann hates the Genesis Coupe. Really? He hates the way it handles, he hates the way it like performs. So he went in and like killed
2: no, that. Mean, I, I can get behind those ends. They're they, they are really they're cool. Good. But keep in mind, I mean, this is we're talking about they're kind of going after what the Germans have done. So they're Well, yeah, because Albert's they, at the head of yeah, it now. And they did and the Germans did a really good job of it, right? But the back when they had the Tiburon and the Genesis coupe, this is Koreans doing a Korean-style sporty car. Yeah. And that's why I think it's kind of cool it because cool. it it, ho- it goes to their heritage. You know, this is what a Korean would want in a sports car. And I just think that that's more interesting, in
1: my personal opinion. Do you remember when Hyundai was on this trend in the early 2000s of just, like, doing derivatives of what other people were doing? Do you remember yeah. they had that luxury car that looked exactly like an E-Class Oh, wasn't that the Kia Amanti? That's right. It was yes. a Kia. Yes, that's right. And It looked exactly like an E-Class.
2: Yeah, they had been trying to move up market for a while. And yes, they, that was one of the
1: early attempts that wasn't. And great. then eventually, they finally got their own like brand and their own style, right? Yeah. But then when they come out with their their performance division, they hired the BMW M guy, and what do they call their brand? N. <laughs> Why? Is so one better? It's one know, better than M? Yeah, I guess. And
2: M was taken. M was taken so yeah. we N. All right,
1: next up on the list, going go to a Ford, we got the Focus SVT.
2: Yeah. So this is back in 2000 to 2007. Um, so we're talking about the first generation of the Focus. Now a lot of people know about the ST and the RS and um and those are great, but this can be had for a lot less money, and is still a really fun car to have.
1: Yeah, so... Came out for the 2002 model year. SVT stands for Special Vehicle Team, the same folks that brought you the first generation Raptor, the uh, the Cobra yep. Mustangs from the early 2000s. Really cool stuff. And the exterior was revised. It had new front and rear bumpers, side skirt, fog lamps, a rear diffuser, a hatch lip spoiler, and these fantastic 17-inch wheels.
2: Yeah, and these had a 2-liter Z-Tech motor, which was developed in collaboration with. Cosworth. Wow. That helped them make this and they uh, bumped the power from 130 to 170 without
1: any sort of forced induction. Yeah, I mean, we're talking aluminum cylinder heads with enlarged intake ports, high compression pistons, forged connecting rods, you had different um, oil squirters, very cool stuff, a dual stage intake manifold, like old school tuning stuff to get that power but that's a big jump 130 to 170 without using any forced induction
2: yeah i think it's pretty impressive what they did back then and this predates the st even for europe so um they sold these in both the u.s and europe and the st is what replaced this vehicle in europe but i think the svt just kind of soldiered on here Mm. and believe it or not this svt version was faster than the first generation Ford Focus ST. Is that true? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. It was faster. It
1: wasn't as fast as the RS. Which we didn't get in the States. Yeah, which we never got. So in this generation, in Europe, they had the RS, right? Yes. Um, And then eventually we got the RS in in another generation, the, the, the next gen. But uh, very rare car, these SVTs. I don't know the last time I saw one. Uh, uses the same six-speed manual as the Cooper S the Mini. Yeah. Um, now everyone's clicked out because we said the word Mini. Oh, gosh. Um, But uh, much different suspension tuning, bigger brakes, that kind of thing. And the interior is pretty cool as well.
2: Yeah, it had some, like, two-toned leather that was, uh, like, leather and cloth. And it was either black and red or black and blue, depending on uh, what option boxes was selected by the – person that bought it new, um, But also there was perforated leather on both the steering wheel and the shift knob. So all the little touch points that you're going to be holding on to we pretty nice to hold on to.
1: Now, here in the notes, you said, was said to be outperforming the O3 SVT Cobra Mustang prototype in testing. And that is why they put a supercharger on it to make the Terminator? Yeah. so wow. I was Yeah,
2: I read a little story about when they were doing the uh, prototype testing for the new SVT Cobra that they were coming out with to replace the Cobra that everybody complained was underpowered. And on a track, I mean, granted, this Focus is not as powerful as that V8 was, right? But... On a track, this Focus was outrunning that Cobra that they had in prototype testing. And so oh. they just said, we can't have that, and threw a supercharger on it. So you can thank the Terminator Cobra, which
1: is a super cool and rad vehicle, to thank the Focus SVT. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Didn't know that. All right, now before we go to number three, it's time for another ad break. Okay. So we're going to fade in the music and then cut to ad. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats.
2: All right. Are you still with us? If you are,
1: thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate that. Appreciate all the support. (laughs) And if you do want to support the theme, we got to give a huge shout out to our Patreon followers. They make the Classics podcast happen because certainly YouTube ad revenue or podcast ad revenue is not doing it. Yeah. But um, a really really exciting uh, stuff going on on Patreon. We got this new social media person, Alex. She's posting like crazy. We got behind the scenes videos. We got behind the scenes posts. We'll interact with you directly. If you want to ask me or Brendan a question, two bucks a month on Patreon, we'll get you in touch with Andre or Nathan or Roman or whoever you want to talk to about your car or truck or classics questions. We're here for you folks. Yeah, and we're
2: really stepping up our game on Patreon because we want to really make it so that it's beneficial for you guys to spend your two bucks or more a month on there, and uh, you're getting some behind-the-scenes access, as Tommy said, maybe some videos a little bit earlier than they would normally post on our channels, and then obviously access to us. So if you want to get your question answered on one of our podcasts, go ahead and ask it on Patreon.
1: Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and we uh, we love engaging with the community that way, and we'll answer your questions and all the kind of things you have to talk about on this exact podcast, which is great. But let's go into number three on the list yes. of the top 10. We got the Hummer H- Three.
2: Yeah, now, I, I didn't want to go s- exclusively to performance little front-wheel drive cars, right? I wanted to give you an option for somebody that wanted to go a little more off-roading. And I think the Hummer H3 would make a great entry-level off-roader for someone that's
1: buying their first vehicle. Couldn't agree more. 06 through 2010, this car came out at the wrong time in history because this was, like, right as we entered the financial crisis, but... Loosely based on the Colorado platform. So, um, choices of engines we'll talk about in a second, but they came in both five door SUV and four door pickup form, the H3T. Those ones are going to be more expensive than 10 k but sure. the standard H3s can be had for seven, eight grand all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, the chassis was super well designed for off roading. So, it's not just a new top on Colorado. You could option these with the Adventure package, which gave you front and rear locking differentials. Of course, manual transmission. I mean, we're talking about off-road tech that even today comes at a big premium. And not only that, but you you alluded a little
2: bit to the engines, and what I think is most interesting is that the entry-level engine on this was a 3.5 liter inline five-cylinder engine. No, this isn't an Audi. This is a General Motors product with a five-cylinder
1: engine. And not only that, you can get that five-cylinder engine with a manual transmission. 220 horsepower, 225 pound-feet of torque, pretty decent engine, not like the most reliable or the most refined in the whole world, but um, not horrible and uh, you can talk about a five-cylinder, right? Like, that is that is so weird. But yeah. you could also get it with the Alpha. Those are going to be more expensive, but you could get it with the 5.3 V8 with over 300 pound-feet of torque, 300 horsepower. Sure.
2: It, well, and if you got the uh, 2007 or newer with the five-cylinder, they actually bumped it up to 242 horsepower. So in my opinion, that'd probably be the one that I would go for, if I because I think it would still fall within your budget, uh, and you still get the interesting five-cylinder. You can still get the manual transmission, and you can get the Adventure package, so it's got all-wheel drive and the locking front and rear diffs. Yeah, Just a really interesting, cool vehicle.
1: These are awesome, though. Two-speed um, high and low-range transfer case. Can forward up to 27 inches of water. You got recovery hooks. You can get it with 33s and off-road shocks and 4-to-1 low-range gearing. I mean, we're talking Wrangler Rubicon levels of performance in a Hummer for under 10 grand. Really really great value. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. All right, number two on the list, a car that's is surprising, and it surprised me because of <laughs> a dopey-looking car you've chosen here. Unless this is yeah. the one you bought, in which case, great choice, Brendan. <laughs> so the Saturn SC, third generation. Tell me about the, the the SC here. What are we looking at?
2: So the third gen was like a 2000 to 2002 vehicle. The thing that I think is interesting about these, I mean, these, let's, let's be honest here. This is probably the cheapest vehicle on the list, yes. and um, it's... Uh, The reason why I put it on here is because it's super fuel efficient. They're surprisingly reliable. There's plenty of them available. So if you're struggling to find some of the cars on the list, this one's pretty easy to find. Um, And they have a weird, quirky third door. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, they were doing this before Hyundai was with the Veloster, where it made a super easy entry into the back seats.
1: You know, Saturn in the 90s and early 2000s was doing some really cool stuff. They were. You know, they were really pushing the limits. And then they just kind of became rebadged General Motor Products before they went out of business. But this is actually, it's it's not an traditional looking car you know For love sure. it or hate it but it's definitely polarizing and it's definitely exciting and like that stuff like the third door is cool not a speed demon we're talking zero to sixteen a little over eight seconds
2: yeah and that's that's if you got the sc2 okay so the sc that's here's the difference so there's the sc1 and the sc2 they both had the same 1.9 liter four-cylinder but it was one was single overhead cam and the other was dual overhead cam oh okay. so if you got the single overhead cam you're talking about 100 horsepower. If you got the dual overhead cam, it's 124. Still not a lot, but again, this is your first vehicle. So you're gonna get it's gonna be pretty fun, pretty zippy, and this way it makes it easy to go up to the next vehicle. You're not starting off with some 300 horsepower monster, right? It's easy to go up in the future to a 200 horsepower vehicle.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's gonna be pretty reliable. Four wheel disc brakes. One cool thing about Saturns, which this car included, was the composite materials, the polymer plastics for the roof, the trunk, the hood, um, all of which were plastic, essentially. Yeah. Right. It also means they fade like crazy. Sure. But it was really supposed to be easy to replace, very hard to dent. That was the whole idea behind that. And then of course it used a metal space frame for rigidity.
2: Yeah. So it was an interesting idea. They decided, you know what? A lot of people, a lot of our cars we see with door dings riding around on the road. Let's make it so that you can slam your car door into this vehicle and it doesn't matter. They literally had uh at like the auto shows and things like that or at dealerships, yeah. they would have they would lay one of those polyurethane plastic like door panels on the floor and have you jump up and down on it to show that it won't crack wow, or break. Really? Yeah. I didn't were, know that. They were really durable things and they wouldn't rust or dent. So it's You know, I think that's why it makes a really good first vehicle. Because let's be honest, you're going to probably bump into some things. And this way, no one
1: will know. Well, no one will know any anyway, because it's a 20-year-old Saturn. But (laughs) even if it was new, no one would know. Um, And the other thing that Saturn did was like, they were big on, like, this no, I think the word was, like, dicker sticker. So, like, the whole idea behind it is it was one price. Like, you'd go to a dealer, this is the price. That never really ended up panning out to be much. But it was a cool idea. Um, Yeah. Actually, you've sold me on the SC. I nice. think it's pretty cool. Now, number one on the list. Totally, totally agree with this car. The Scion TC, the first generation.
2: Yeah, and I went with the first gen because that's really the ones that are pretty affordable. The first and the second gen are both great. Um But if you're getting your first car, you want it to be something affordable. They made these from 2005 to 2010 until they came out the next generation. And this was really kind of considered the spiritual successor to the Toyota Celica. Um, It just has a Scion badge on it, which, as some of you may know, it's basically a Toyota underneath.
1: Yeah, not like a very high-performance Sure. Vehicle, right? It's definitely based on an economy car. But very reliable, and they looked cool. They had this really cool roof, too. Remember like the, the, the glass roof on oh, these? Oh, yeah. They were fantastic. Really yeah, were cool. interesting interior. Spunky. I had a neighbor that had one of these in purple. Do you remember the purple? that they, I the, do. The deep purple? Yeah. Not the band, the color. And <laughs> I loved it. It was such a cool thing. Pretty good power. two hundred and sixty-one horsepower, 162 pound-feet. But it could be had with a supercharger. Yeah, if you went through
2: the... If you, at the time, went through the TRD tuning com- or tuning house, the in-house tuning company, uh, they had a supercharger that brought that power up to 200 horsepower. So I think wow. if I were to find one, if you were to try and find one, that would be the one to get. But I would imagine those are probably pretty hard to come by.
1: Now, these are hard cars to buy because they were like, bought by young people and old people. Yeah. Nowhere in between. None of the responsible car buyers actually bought these. <laughs> Just super young or really old people that died
2: on your way in or on your way out. On your way in or
1: on your way out. <laughs> it's like something like the vast majority of Scion XBs. Remember the XB, another fantastic car, were bought by like people over seventy-five or something. Yeah. Um, it was like supposed to be the youthful car, and then only old people bought them. But great car. I love it. Okay. I'm really stoked. Well, I think
2: I think it's time. We alluded to it earlier that I actually bought one of these ten vehicles at the auction yesterday, so Tommy doesn't know which one it is yet, so I'd like to know, Tommy, mm. did I did I reserve my my looks here enough to where you can't figure out which one it is? Well, yes, you did a good job of not okay. giving it
1: away, but let me look through the list here. Let's go through a quick refresher. I don't think it was a Focus SVT, because those cars are super rare, and I just don't see one showing up at the auction. Okay. Um, I don't think it's a Tiburon. Because I happen to know you own the Tiburon, like you I talked have. About, and I don't think yep. you'd buy it again. I, I know you've been looking at proteges, <laughs> but I'd be shocked if you found a modest Speed protege. Okay. Um, uh, Celica, great car. I they think are great. they're too expensive though for your budget. Same okay. thing with the Type S. Um, I know you're into Vibes. Okay. But I don't think you're that into Vibes. <laughs> um, Saturn SC could be a wild card. But I think you wanted a manual, and I don't think you can find one of those. Oh, you can. You can get the SCs in a manual. I know, but realistically, I'd be surprised. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's an H3. I'm just not feeling the H3 vibe with you right now. You're not right. wearing your 2 chains. <laughs> um, okay, I've got a prediction. Okay, what's your prediction? I think it's a Sentra S-E-R nope it, I, I was
2: wrong you were wrong All right, we'll good guess a, though we'll I a, wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind buying a Sentra Ser.
1: we'll do a drum roll ready I'm gonna minimize it we're gonna pull open the picture you did you got a vibe
2: I bought a Pontiac Vibe GT wow yeah not just any vibe I got the GT with the Lotus Elise engine and a six speed manual
1: unreal yeah wow that was a big surprise
2: yeah and uh, it's, it's a higher mileage one it's 264,000 miles this is higher mileage yeah yeah but I'm I'm pretty excited about it uh, have you driven it i have yeah well around the lot so How i haven't it picked it up it's still at the auction but uh it's it's good it needs a battery it needs some tires and a few other odds and ends but it's it's otherwise pretty decent vehicle
1: nice and it's a gt i mean you got the original wheels on there too yeah maybe a little paint fading there on the hood or is that just little dirt bit. but yeah it, it looks good know. Wow. I I'm surprised you got the yeah. Vibe GT.
2: I'm excited. And uh I'm sure once I get a few issues fixed on it, we'll do a video on it for classics. Oh of
1: course. Oh you got the roof rack too. Yeah. Look at that puppy. Oh yeah, we're gonna have to do a full video on the vibe GT. That thing's rad. I'm excited. Wow, you did a good job of not not giving it away. Thanks. Yes. That was one of the vehicles on the list I specifically called ugly. <laughs> well I'm curious though, of the
2: vehicles on the list, what's the one you would
1: have? Tommy? Um the one I would have um, you know, it's got. To, I know it'd be hard to find, but probably the Protege, the Mazda Speed Protege. Yeah, I just those I are love really cool. the turbocharging. I love the um, the the manual and the the LSD. But you're never gonna find one. Um, I well, if you were patient enough, you could. But I think that's kind of kind of cool. Although yeah. I am excited to see the Vibe GT. All right. And if you are also excited to see the Vibe GT, where can people find more videos? Check us out at TFL Classics on YouTube. That's right. We're going to have a full series on the Vibe GT. We're going okay. to cover the crap out of that car. Sweet. We're going to be the number one Pontiac Vibe source on all of YouTube. Oh,
2: gosh. Yes, please. All of you watch it so we could do videos on it. Because if it bombs, I through the first one. <laughs> Maybe the only video you see of it.
1: <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. As always, if you want to submit a car for auction, tflbiz.com. Yeah. If you want to help us out, where can they go?
2: Yeah, go on over to Patreon. Again, we will answer any questions on there that you submit to us and read any comments or emails that you put up there too.
1: And if you want to um, be um, um, engaged in the podcast, listen to the next one. So we can convince Roman to keep us on the air. It's
2: growing. We're growing it slowly. Yeah, share us around. We want to be one of the best car podcasts out there because I think we're talking about vehicles that uh, not – Vehicles you don't get here talked about anywhere
1: else. Well, in the last podcast I listened to, Jerry Seinfeld was talking about his Porsche 917 race car from the, 17s, from the 70s. And not once did he mention the Pontiac vibe. <laughs> what the heck? I know. We are talking. We are real
2: people like you all where we're talking about cars that you can afford. That's right. right.
1: Yes. Realistic dream cars. That's what Absolutely. we're all about here. <laughs> well, let us know what you think, guys. As always, Tommy. And Brendan. We'll see you on the next one. Take care. Wait, Tommy, we
2: almost forgot. We almost forgot. We almost Wait, forgot. Are you, are you guys still watching or listening? We we, for, we, there's one car
1: we forgot to mention. The true winner of the podcast. The Nissan Hardbody. That's right. As always, I'm glad we came back for this because the world needs to know the number one best affordable, fun-to-drive car, in this case a truck, but yes. it's, it's just <laughs> magnificent, the D21 Nissan Hardbody. Y'all need to go out there and buy them. Everyone needs to buy one. That's what you need. That's the winner. Yes.
2: Absolutely. All right. Again, signing off now for real. This has been
1: Brendan. We almost forgot. <laughs> the fans would be up in arms. Oh, gosh.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health.